Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Sky Society Podcast. Today, I am so excited to be chatting with Kayla Boyd. She is the senior shopping editor at BuzzFeed. What a dream job. Welcome, Kayla. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. Excited to have you on. So in addition to being a shopping editor, Kayla is also a content creator where she promotes body acceptance and self-confidence. So we're going to jump into both of those two passions for Kayla. Before we jump into all of that, if you can tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, absolutely. So as you said, I'm a senior shopping editor at BuzzFeed, which is so fun. I literally write and edit posts about products all day. And then I'm also a content creator. So I've had a blog since 2014 and I still have it. And I also obviously am active on social media. So Instagram, TikTok, even YouTube when I am so inspired. (laughs) And yeah, so my life is really just taking a lot of photos, writing a lot, editing a lot. And yeah, it all kind of flows into each other. How exciting. So you're very much living in the content creation world. That is what you're doing at work. And that's what you're doing with your your side hustle. Yes, exactly. And I didn't mention I'm based in New York City, which also is a great place for all of those things. But I'm originally from the Detroit area, Michigan. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. So you move from the Detroit area to New York, all on your own, no help, no connections. Tell me a little bit about that journey for you. Yes, absolutely. It was so scary. So I went to undergrad in Michigan at a like medium-sized state school called Eastern Michigan University. And I studied journalism and I actually double majored in fashion merchandising because I was like, I want to be a fashion writer. I want to work for a magazine. (laughs) And in Detroit, you know, there's, there's not many publications. There's not, you know, your mainstream media really, you know, you really have to be a New York or LA for that. So I was very determined to get to New York. So I decided to apply for grad school programs as kind of like a way to ease me into, I applied to some in like Chicago and other major cities, but I ended up going to Syracuse and I did a year long master's program. And um, there I studied journalism again, but it was technically called arts journalism, which really just meant I got to take some classes in fashion. So it it was really just a continuing my education as a way to get to New York. So uh, because Syracuse has really strong journalism programs, they encourage you to like intern in the city and visit the city. So from there, I started doing internships in New York City. And that was so rough because (laughs) as I mentioned, like I didn't have any like family or friends in New York. Luckily, I've made plenty of friends along the way. First, going to New York was very intimidating because I had to stay at Airbnbs and I was poor at the time, like a student, you know, so I was booking like very cheap rooms, not like a full apartment, just like a room in someone else's home. Oh my gosh. 
so scary. <laughs> that is terrifying. I don't even do that. <laughs> I, I would not do that anymore. Honestly, I just, I feel like when you're so determined and when you're younger too, because now I'm way more like aware of things. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, but I think about some of the things I did when I was younger and I'm like, how am I alive? How am I still here? Literally. <laughs> Literally. So yeah. And, and along with that, I also used to take a four hour bus ride from Syracuse to New York city for a, the last few months of my grad school program. So I could intern at nylon magazine, which was one of my favorites. Oh my goodness. I loved them, but it was an unpaid internship. So I was taking the, it was for two days a week, but so it was, I would like go to the city on, I think it was Wednesday nights and come back over the weekend. And I would spend all this time and money to go to an unpaid internship. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, very ridiculous. And I don't recommend unpaid internships, honestly. But, you know, again, when you're younger and you're so determined, you're like, I really need the experience. So yes, but so anyway, early days in New York were very scrappy, very like, I'm just gonna do whatever I can to get public, you know, bylines at major publications and meet people. So yeah, luckily, I ended up like I said, I ended up making more friends. I had a friend who let me stay in their like extra room and it was in the Bronx, which was far from Manhattan at the time, but that ended up being a little bit more of a stable situation. And yeah, it's, it was just a lot of making connections as I went, seeing when I could and just trying to make it into the city. So to wrap that up, when I graduated from Syracuse, I decided like, if I go back to Michigan, that like, who knows when I'll get back to the city. So I need to go straight to New York City. So I had interviewed for like a few different entry level positions and paid internships. And I had a couple that I was waiting to hear back from, but I didn't have an official offer yet, but I was like, I have to go straight to the city. So I was prepared to like get a job waitressing or in retail or something. But luckily, right when I moved to the city, I did get a paid full-time internship at a smaller website, which was called Cafe. It was literally like a mommy blog, basically. <laughs> and they took me on as an entertainment and lifestyle intern. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so quite the journey to finally getting a paying role in the area that you wanted to do. And I think a lot of people can relate to how hard it is to just get that first opportunity. And yeah, unpaid internships suck. I definitely have my own experience with those. I have my experience working at an unpaid internship, asking for money and being told, no, I, <laughs> yeah. um, they're not always the best, but I have a couple questions on that. So you moved to a new area. I feel like this is kind of a cool trend that a lot of people now a trend back then, probably a lot scarier than it is now. How did you meet new people in the new city that you moved to? Yeah. So like I said, with grad school, I started to make friends. So it was nice that at least a few of them also moved to New York City. So using school as a means of making friends and connections was major. But also through those first couple jobs, I definitely made some friends. It can be harder to make friends in a work environment, but I met a couple people at that first job at Cafe Mom that I literally still hang out with today. So it's really just being willing to like 
go to happy hours, you know, hang out with people outside of internships or outside of your job. And, and definitely utilizing if, you know, if you are in school, definitely utilizing that network for sure. But yeah, a lot of my friends are definitely from work and school, but also I went to networking events and things like that to just kind of really get to know people. Yeah, definitely. I moved here. I've talked on the podcast a little bit from California to Austin and I knew nobody, but so much of making friends when you move to a new space is putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations and really going out of your way to make an effort because they don't just like come to you. And I find, especially with women, women typically are always like waiting for other people to make the move. So then you get into situations where like everybody's just waiting everyone for everyone to like ask the other person to hang out. And so you really got to take initiative and like make those friendships happen. Absolutely agree. A hundred percent. So around this time, had you started becoming a doing, doing content creation or taking that seriously yet? Oh yeah. So I love that question because I had dabbled and tried for so long. And I think that, so, so I'll back up in 2014 is when I started my blog. And at that time I was still in Michigan and I was, I think I was like in my like first or, or second year of college. So I started the blog because I was like, I want to write about fashion again. And so I knew nothing. I didn't know anyone who was a blogger. You know, I was just really starting to use like Instagram and stuff. But personally, I didn't know anyone else who was blogging. So it was very trial and error. I tried all different platforms and formats and all this stuff. But you know, it was very much how many bloggers were back in the day, like taking photos photos against a garage door. Yeah. <laughs> I can and, picture it. <laughs> yes, and very low quality and just writing about my day. And it was very funny, but it got me going making content, like writing about my outfits or what I was going through or college or whatever. And I kept the blog and throughout grad school, I would like blog here and there, but you know, obviously I was busy with, with grad school and interning. So even though I always kept it and I would post once in a while, I didn't really consider myself like a content creator at that time. I feel like that word kind of also came a little bit later, but, um, when I got into New York City, and I'd say when I first started getting like my first job and everything, that's when I decided uh, I wanted to keep going with my blog and just keep experimenting with when I would go on a trip, I would love to post travel posts or when I would go to a cool event in New York, which was all new to me, you know, going to really cool exhibits and pop-ups and things like that. So I was like, oh, I'll just put all this in my blog. And eventually in that first couple years in New York, I started, you know, translating that more into Instagram and YouTube and eventually TikTok. Amazing. So I, what makes you, I think, unique as a content creator is what your mission is behind your content, which is promoting body acceptance and self-confidence. What made you want to take that route and like make that your statement of who you are and what you're doing with your content? Yeah, I think that it just is so who I am. I've always really wanted to make people feel good about themselves and help people. And I think that I just noticed a lot of people would comment on how confident I seemed or, you know, whatever it may be, or how I would dress really colorful and 
<laughs> things like that. And so it just was a very natural thing for me to post about a body acceptance, talking about insecurities, talking about embracing, you know, whether it's your skin tone, your hair texture, your body shape. And, you know, I went through a period as many of us do of I gained weight, you know, from being early college student to becoming more of a woman. And I didn't want that to hold me back, you know, personally from wearing cute clothes and having fun and going out in the city. And so I would just naturally talk about those things. And I think that when you're being authentic to yourself, people just, you know, they find inspiration in that, or they take something positive from that. And so, yeah, I didn't specifically say I'm going to do this with my content. It just naturally was who I was. And luckily, you know, people get, you know, positive, positive vibes from it and encouragement from it. And that's really all I want. So I love that. And I think I love it because that's such an entrepreneurship. They always say that the way to figure out what business you should start is just find what people naturally are always coming to you for help with. I feel like it was really similar to that story that you shared of like, it wasn't maybe necessarily your intention, but you were just doing it naturally. And then your audience is really receptive to it. And I think that's where you can find a lot of authenticity. I mean, with me with Sky Society, I'd started other businesses before that I just thought would be fun to create. But what was super different about this one is this is like where I had like naturally had people that were already seeking my help in this space. And then it was like, oh my gosh, like I can actually do something with this. So I think for everyone, like that's such a good place to look at of like, if you want to be a content creator, you know, like, what should I do? Like, who are, what are you passionate about? And like, what are people always going to you and asking you for help for kind of what's that unique space you occupy? And I want to chat a little bit more about this body acceptance, because I think as women, it's something we struggle with a lot. I struggle with it all the time. I'm just like, some days loving my body, some days hating my body and just constantly going back and forth and really, I mean, my whole life really just really struggling with body acceptance. Do you have any advice when it comes to that or how we can make steps to, to love ourselves and our bodies more? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I just want to start by saying it is hard to do whether you are a plus size, straight size, mid size, it is difficult to love your body because the media, as someone who works in media, it's constantly telling you that you need this product or this thing, or even nowadays surgeries and filters and all these things. And you just get so bombarded with it. And even just consistently seeing yourself or others with a filter on, on social media, something so simple can really make you look in the mirror and like second guess, you know, your natural beauty. So I will just say it's hard. And even as someone who, you know, is generally pretty confident and also like people, you know, like know me as someone who is very pro body acceptance. I also have those, those moments and those days of, oh gosh, like I, I don't like this angle. I don't like the way I look in this. And so it's completely normal. Even people who are stunning in our eyes and flawless in our eyes, they also have those days. So I think it's important to take that pressure off of yourself and just remember that even Beyonce, even Kylie Jenner, they're like second guessing how they look, you know, certain days. But on top of that, it's really a mindset and it's difficult to adapt. And again, you're going to have bad days. But you have to look in the mirror and think 
like change the mindset from what you don't like to what you do like and really focus on the things that you love about yourself. And that's not always going to be, you know, outer physical things. Like you're a, you know, really passionate person, a really charismatic person, a kind person that like, it's so cliche, but beauty starts from within (laughs) and you need to appreciate those things about yourself. And then there's also the physical things. If you love your hair, your lips, your arms, whatever it is, notice those things and you can dress to accentuate those things and find things that just really make you feel good. And whether it is a lipstick shade or a dress, I just like you find those things that make you feel good. I personally love hoop earrings, which is so random. (laughs) I love hoop earrings and I love mascara. And like those two things just make me feel good that day if I have on some mascara and hoop earrings. And so really just playing up on the tiniest things that make you feel good and slowly reminding yourself every day, like, Oh, I'm beautiful. Like I feel good. I look good. I'm a great person. And, you know, hopefully over time it becomes just part of just how you really feel and think every day. Yes. Also hoop earrings. So underrated. I am the same way. I have hoop earrings on. I have an outfit. They yes. just elevate anything I wear. Sometimes I'm, I go on a meeting and I'm early and I'm like, I do not look put together. I just throw on a pair of hoop earrings and I'm like, perfect. same. <laughs> and then for me, it's lipstick. It's lipstick and earrings. And then I'm, I'm good to go, but I love it. So the confidence thing definitely plays into body acceptance and you're so right with everything we're seeing on social media. I feel like everybody's, I mean, one thing I'm seeing everywhere, everyone's getting a boob job right now, like everywhere. And I'm, I'm looking down, I'm like, do I need one? Or like, then I'm seeing like girls that I think that are super thin getting liposuction and I'm seeing all this stuff in it. And it's just so hard like, to, to avoid it, right? Or in your, the filter thing on TikTok, when I make TikTok videos, it automatically puts a filter on my face. Like before I even get to choose, I have to take it off. And I'm like, I don't want to see the like before and after yeah. like me having to take off this filter. And there's so much stuff, especially working in social media and marketing and media, like we're just exposed to it all the time. So I think it's super difficult, something that I have always struggled with. And I've always had like this quarrel with social media where I don't like it because I feel like I get into this comparison game all the time, but it's also so important with marketing. So same, same, a battle. (laughs) One of the things with confidence. So I do a confidence workshop in our accelerator. And one of the things that I go through is just how important it is, like what you said to compliment yourself and to give yourself praise. And I think, especially when you are ambitious and you have all these things that you want in your life, you know, we're talking, I mean, outside of body, maybe maybe body's one of them, but so many things you want in your life that we're always looking like how to get to the next place, how to keep moving forward. And that we very rarely like stop and say like, oh my gosh, what I have right now is so good and so great. And we're always living in the future and never living in the present. So one activity I always love to run them through is like actually going down and like writing a list of all of the things that you love about yourself that you're proud of for yourself. And that could be like what you said, can be body, it cannot be body, but we need to be, if we want, like, if we want to have acceptance from other people, we also have to accept ourselves first. And so I think that's so important. And something like I like to practice in my life too, of like, okay, maybe no one's going to tell me I did a good job with work this week, but I can tell myself that I did a good job and that's okay. Yes. I love that so much, so much. That's Yes. <laughs> so activity for everyone go write down, you know, it's called, you can write yourself a confidence letter and you just write all the things that you're proud of yourself for. 
And I saw this in a, in a TED talk too. And this guy used it and he's like, whenever I'm having a rough time, like I have to read that letter to myself every single day. And like the same thing with you, if you're going through it, even if you don't feel it, like just read yourself that confidence letter. I love that so much. And it really will help you just like alter your mindset a little bit because we all have things we should be confident about or should be confident in. And it's really just uh, the world makes it hard sometimes to remember those things. Yeah. It really does. And it's, yeah, especially with the, I feel like it's just so easy to compare yourself online and, and get into that game. So love what you're doing with your content and being an advocate for that. And also being honest that, you know, it's not like that's a feeling that I have a hundred percent of the time and that it, it comes and it goes. So, okay. We're in New York, you're building up your content empire and you're getting these roles. So you got this role at Cafe Mom. Mm-hmm. You did a little bit of freelance writing too. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yes, I was freelancing while I was kind of interning and just really trying to get my name out there. So, okay. So then you went over to NBC Universal for a little bit. Tell me about your time there. Yes. So like, like we just mentioned, I was freelancing. I had written, so just like a had bit of tip would utilize those internships because after I left Nylon, the unpaid internship, I did pitch them to freelance for them. And I got a couple feature stories that were amazing. So yeah, so I definitely utilize those contacts anytime you can. So that was the beginning of me kind of freelancing. I got to write a feature story for Fashionista and a few other publications that like in the Syracuse area and just people I had made contacts with, which was great. But yeah, so from Cafe Mom, I finally had like some full-time experience under my belt. And I, again, with the help of a friend from grad school, learned about a associate associate editor, I believe, commerce role at the Today Show for their website, today.com. And because I had a friend who was working there, she, sometimes it really is about who you know, I know everyone hears that, but she was at least able to like surface my resume and, you know, the interview went well. And that was my first, like, I'd say big name job in media was working at the Today Show. And it was also my first time experiencing like the shopping side of journalism, e-commerce, market writing, you know, it goes by many names, but it's really just writing about products and hoping people will buy them. So that way the publication can earn some affiliate commission. But yeah, that was my foray into shopping editorial, which turned out to be very perfect for me because even though I wanted to be fashion journalist, I learned I could write about, you know, I could write about fashion. I could write about clothes and shoes, but I could also write about beauty products home decor, even cleaning products sometimes. And I am someone who loves to shop. So it ended up being a very natural fit. And even though it wasn't the very specific dream job I wanted, it became kind of like very perfect for me. So yeah, I worked at the Today Show for a little less than a year. It was a contract role. So it was full-time, it was paid, but I wasn't technically on staff. And the contract was for a year with the possibility to be hired after. But I, you know, I'm still like climbing my way up in New York. I wanted to make more money and have stability. So, you know, I was still applying as you should. If you have a contract role or internship, definitely be applying during those times just because you never know 
you know, if they'll be able to take you on after. So while I was applying, I actually got recruited from BuzzFeed and thought it was not real. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I got recruited from BuzzFeed on LinkedIn. So everyone keep your LinkedIn profiles updated. I cannot stress that enough because I really did not believe BuzzFeed was reaching out to me to interview for, it was actually an editor role too. It was a shopping editor at BuzzFeed. And yeah, I remember I took an informational call and I was very, obviously I was very interested and they seemed to like me. I went in for an interview and transitioned from the Today Show to BuzzFeed and just kind of really solidified my place in shopping editorial. And yeah, I've been at BuzzFeed now for through almost four years. It'll be four years this summer. So clearly I, I enjoy it. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. What a journey. So we've got you from unpaid intern, making a trek over to New York and staying in some sketchy Airbnb situations to finally getting a dream job, doing fashion or doing shopping, writing at BuzzFeed. Can you tell me like about some of the t- the the types of articles you write or what your role as senior shopping editor looks like at BuzzFeed? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started and I was, before I was the senior editor and I was just the editor, I was definitely writing more. Now my job is mostly editing, but when I was writing a lot, we do have a lot of freedom on, even though obviously it's mostly shopping listicles and product reviews, we do have freedom over what products we want to write about or what topics. So I would naturally gravitate towards a lot of fashion. Very important to me to make sure there's always plus size options in there. There's always diverse skin tones and different races represented in our product images. So I get to kind of use what I'm passionate about and apply it on a larger scale, which is very exciting for me. But yeah, so I write... um, some beauty content, like I mentioned before, some home decor. And then surprisingly, people really like to shop like very practical products. So cleaning products and problem solving type products, parenting products, not my specialty as I am not a mom. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all of those things like BuzzFeed really covers them all. So I've definitely dipped my toes in a lot, but mostly fashion and beauty product roundups and uh, product reviews. And um now that I have you know moved up a little bit over the time, I manage writers. So basically that means I am meeting with them for one-on-one meetings once a week and kind of giving them advice on what they should be working on. And then they turn in their stories to me to edit. So I will, you know, read them, see what products they're linking to. We like to make sure the products have, you know, really good reviews and the websites that we're linking to are legit and trusted websites. And, you know, there's surprisingly like a decent amount of research that goes into shopping listicles. So yeah, it's really just making sure that my writers are, you know, doing the best work they can. And then when I have time, I'm also still writing sometimes. And then there's a lot of, of course, like meetings and strategy, but yeah, it's overall very fun. And it sounds fun. Yeah. And I I was just going to say, I fully work remote now, which is new. Well, not new anymore. It was new as of 2020, but, (laughs) but I started working in the office and now I work fully remote. So that's also something I've started enjoying. Do you, and you take advantage of it. Are you traveling more or are you maybe still kind of getting into that? Yeah, I would say I definitely did start traveling more since, yeah, basically since COVID kind of 
things kind of loosened up, you know, over time, I am able to work from anywhere. I mean, really. So I still am very passionate about taking my PTO and taking time off when I'm like, yeah. this is a vacation. But my family lives in Michigan. And then my mom and little sisters and stepdad actually recently moved to South Carolina. So the good thing with that is I can take like two weeks, three weeks to go to South Carolina or go to Michigan and I can work from there easily. So yeah, I definitely have leaned into that a lot more, which is nice to be able to see family and not have to use, you know, my vacation days up. So yeah, that is super nice. I definitely am a huge advocate of remote work and getting to like t- make the most of it when you do have that freedom and flexibility. So a couple questions for you on your job, which sounds super fun. First, so you mentioned that you have some riders underneath you and that you give feedback. Do you have any advice for someone aspiring to have your role or work in being an editor or potentially writing about fashion and beauty on maybe tips when it comes to writing or resources that you recommend or any general advice for someone looking to get into that field? Oh, yeah, definitely. When it comes to just writing, whether you want to write about products or just like feature stories, just start writing. I feel like so many people overthink things and are scared that they're not voicey enough or funny enough, especially when you write for BuzzFeed. You're like, there's a ton of really funny writers at BuzzFeed. And so I feel like it creates a little bit of pressure for your writing to be so amazing, but it's really just getting started, having a voice and don't just not overthinking and getting things on paper. And you kind of develop your own voice over time, like especially at somewhere like BuzzFeed, where you kind of have the freedom to write kind of as you would talk. Not every publication is like that, but you just kind of easily, I, I will recommend a product like I'm talking to my friend, like I'm, you know, like literally telling my homegirl about something that I really like using in my hair or something like that. So yeah, I'd say don't overthink it and you'll develop a voice over time. And then do not take edits personally. That's something that is hard because writing is very, it's like vulnerable, you know, when you're putting yourself out there, even if it is just about a product or, you know, a feature story, an interview whatever it may be, you're always putting some of yourself into writing. So obviously, like all editors are going to operate a little differently. I take more of a chill approach to writing. I'm not really going to try to change someone's voice. But no matter what kind of editor you're dealing with, you definitely don't want to take things personal. Just really listen to the feedback they have. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And I mean, that can be applied to any job. Never be afraid to ask questions because I feel like also sometimes we're scared like, oh, we should know that or, you know, I don't want to sound silly. But no, questions are necessary to learn. And yeah, that's that's off the top of my head. I'm, I'm a little long-winded. <laughs> Those are great. I love it. Yeah, I think that writing, I mean, the best the best way to get better is just to write a ton. Oh, so, like, just start practicing. And in that same vein, so you'd also, so in this space, you're doing a ton of reviews. Are there any like fun perks you get sent for your product ever? Or do you ever have like any any cool experience that you've gotten from this job? Yes. And my friends will definitely co-sign with the fact I get a lot of free products, sometimes way too much for obviously in New York, we have very small apartments. So I give stuff away sometimes to my friends, but yeah, we definitely test a lot of products and it's a mix of sometimes we have something specific in mind and we, you know, are looking to review like maybe 
trap like luggage or I don't know why that's on the top of my head but so yeah sometimes we're looking for specific things and sometimes we just get sent stuff from smaller brands that want to get noticed but yeah I test a lot of free products that's that's definitely the biggest perk I would say yeah I was gonna say and I would love to be your friend in New York getting all of the (laughs) the extra free stuff Your friends definitely, I'm sure, I'm sure appreciate that, that you get, that you get sent all that free stuff. But I was like, I always love hearing about perks from cool jobs. I feel like, especially in marketing there, there are, I mean, it's a, a, your role is probably highly competitive to get a role like that in in marketing in general. It's very, very competitive, but it's really, really cool to hear about all the perks that, that come with that of getting, you know, to try new products and getting, I mean, I, even to this day, I love free stuff. If there's like a free water bottle in the Uber, I'm excited about that. (laughs) There's something about getting free stuff that is just exciting. So definitely a cool perk that comes with the job. Is did you grow up taking the BuzzFeed quizzes too? Because I feel like whenever I think of BuzzFeed, that's like the first thing I always think of. <laughs> oh no, that is literally what everyone thinks of. And it makes sense because that is just the thing that BuzzFeed is known for. I didn't grow up taking them as much, but I remember it's so funny when I was in grad school and they actually at Syracuse they had a BuzzFeed class where they would they talk did? About, yeah, so random. And oh my gosh. It, I just, I remember I didn't take the class because it wasn't part of like my specific program, but I remember thinking like, that's so cool. How do people even get jobs at BuzzFeed? Like I distinctly remember thinking like, who works at BuzzFeed? Like it's so, so like, <laughs> it just feels so un- unobtainable. So it's so funny that I had that very, like, I really remember that thought in grad school and I never would have thought I would have worked at BuzzFeed. So yeah, do not doubt yourself. There's always ways indoors, even if you are not expecting it. <laughs> yes. Wow. And look at you now. It's always so funny when you look back I mean, on your career or your life and like somehow everything makes sense. Like when you're going through yeah. it, it just feels like you're in the eye of a storm. Yes, literally that. So Kayla, what is next for you or what are you excited about in, either within your career or within your content creation? Oh, yes. I honestly, I've been enjoying my time at BuzzFeed. I see myself there, you know, for the foreseeable future, but content creating definitely still continuously working on growing and expanding that however I can. I think that I do believe that follower count is overrated, but I still love to grow and expand my audience. So trying my best to be consistent across platforms and leaning into vertical video, which is the hot thing right now. Yes, yes. So I've definitely been working on that, working on my video editing skills. And I'd really like to look into other ways of monetizing content creation, such as like digital products and courses and things like that, that I see so many other people doing that are so cool. And yeah, so I'd love to like kind of see how I can get into those spaces as well. Exciting. Well, I'm excited to keep up and stay up with your journey. If you want to share your handle so anyone listening can follow you if they're interested. Yes. On Instagram, I am at Kayla's Chaos. That is also the name of my blog, K-A-Y-L-A-S-C-H-A-O-S, Kayla'sChaos.com. And on TikTok and Twitter, I am Kayla C. Boyd. Okay, so go follow Kayla Chaos or Kayla C. Boyd to keep up with her journey. But thank you so much, Kayla, for coming on the podcast and sharing all about your career and content. This is so much fun. And I'm really thankful you came on and shared your journey with me. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing. It's called Sky Society Women in Marketing and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career. And I'll see you in the next episode.